Welcome to our Lead to Succeed podcast, where we share leadership and business growth insights, both from our own experiences and that of our guests. We're the hosts. I'm Rebecca Jenkins, founder of Argen, helping companies to grow by finding, gaining and growing the best clients. And I'm Callum, sharing my perspectives from both being an entrepreneur and working in a variety of different companies. Whether you lead a team or a business, you'll find practical tips, inspirational insights and ideas as we discuss a wide range of leadership topics. So with that, here's today's episode. Hi everyone, I am excited and delighted to have Tom Flato as our guest today. Now, Tom is CEO and an international speaker and an accredited brain and behavior specialist. Works a lot with leadership, with teams and individuals. So we're gonna have some very interesting insights today. And I am going to be, I am fascinated by uh, the impact of neuroscience. And Tom is going to do a little introduction in a minute, but perhaps we could just kick off with something that I saw on Tom's website, which was really interesting. And he helps individuals and teams overcome self-limiting beliefs. But I think maybe he had a self-limiting belief to overcome, right, uh, as he stepped into his career, because he was always told from a young age, you're good with your hands, but your brother is the bright one. So on that note, Tom, please do a little bit of an intro. Yes. Well, thank you very much, um... Rebecca, that's uh, absolutely right. And um, those messages that you get when you're small uh, have a profound effect on you. You sort of, even, even if the people who say it, say it in jest or, or, or whatever, um, we, uh, uh, as growing up young people, we, we sort of take that on and uh, it very much uh, stuck with me that uh, I wasn't intelligent and um, that uh, when, when, when we're given messages like that we, we go one of two ways either we live up to it or we prove that no that's not the case and get all the qualifications and uh, doctorates that we can just to prove prove that that's not the case but we still feel that no I'm not intelligent and that that's what we call a, a limiting belief um, <clears throat> and yes so that that really is what kind of I suppose got me on this journey that I'm on at the moment in uh, helping other people become better leaders uh, feel more positive about themselves because if you feel negative about yourself it's very difficult to be a, a, a good leader be benevolent to other people and so on uh, so a lot of the work we do starts with the individual and um, and thereafter the team. Can we just take a look, Tom, at that journey that you've been on from having that self-limiting belief? Maybe, you know, did, did that force you to go out and prove that you weren't um, the, an, 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 an intelligent <laughs> person? Is that what drove well, you to explore this? And yeah, yes, but there, as I'm sure a lot of your uh, audience will will be able to tap into, no matter how much you try and prove uh, contrary to a belief you have, it's always still there, whatever you achieve. So, um, so yes, I did, and but. Uh, we still have to get over that that 
niggle at the back of the mind that still to some some extent runs the show okay well let's dive into that tom how do we overcome any of those niggles now we all have them i mean i can't imagine anybody anywhere in the world that says i don't have any niggles well any self-doubt so let's get dive into how you overcome those yeah and and you know other other ones could be like i'm not a good person you know, if you're if you're brought up being told you're a bad boy or a bad girl or or whatever, criticised or go to a strict school, a uh, lot of us come uh, come. Uh, a lot of us arrive in adulthood feeling there's something missing. We're not good enough. We've got uh, somewhere else to get to. So on that note, Tom, how do we start peeling back those layers to? Um, really not to kind of reduce or eliminate any self-limiting beliefs that we might have? Well, um, the essence is to understand about mindset. And there are two types of mindset. There's growth mindset and a fixed mindset. And um, I certainly grew up believing that intelligence was fixed. You were born with X amount of intelligence and that's the way it is. Or... Uh, you're born being uh, a certain caliber of person and that that's how it was and that that's what we call a fixed mindset and a lot of work has been done I started off by Professor Carol Dweck of Stanford University um, showing that actually all these traits that we think are fixed are not we can intelligence changes the more we do with our life the more we work on uh whatever our passion is the more intelligent the more talented we can become and that's really called a growth mindset and so we uh it's it's easy to say that but uh to sort of believe it and live it is a different thing and so the uh, essence of our work is really around growth mindset helping people understand that uh, these so-called, uh, the, the, these uh, traits, uh, behaviours and so on that we seem like fixed parts of us. I'm really this way, I'm not that way. Um, I'm musical or I'm not artistic or I'm not very good with, my, with people, whatever it is, all those traits can be worked on and we can improve. And that is what we call a growth mindset. Which is very inspiring, isn't it? The fact that we can change. I I guess this stems back to the neuroplasticity of the brain and the fact that we can rewire new neuro connections and make the positive ones more strong, make the positive ones more strong and weak ones fall away. That's that's exactly right, Rebecca. And you've moved on to one of my favourite subjects neuroplasticity which is the scientific evidence behind uh, growth mindset and and how it works because it's all very well thinking oh yes i can change but understanding that yes it's scientifically that's what the brain is designed to do really turns that into a reality and 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 again that's that's why i was so hooked on neuroscience because it shows that actually we are designed to change. We are not at all static. We are, uh, you know, we are the living embodiment of the growth mindset. Um, <clears throat> if you think where humans can live, our habitat, anywhere from the equator to the poles, 
we our brain has to sort of rewire uh, according to where we end up living and and to also with language you know we could learn any language we could be brought up we could be born into china russia france the uk wherever and we have to have the circuitry to be able to speak and understand um, and hear the nuances and the different vowels and, and so on in all those languages and, and and that's really neuroplasticity and i think what is also exciting about that tom is that up until relatively recently we thought that the brain wasn't was was fairly fixed and we couldn't continue particularly as we age to rebuild those new connections and that's actually not the case is it we can i'm looking for affirmation confirmation yeah. here that, that, that we you, can continue to grow the brain yeah. we can continue you, you, to create you've hit you've hit the nail on the head absolutely yeah and, and the key is to exercise your brain just like we go to the gym and exercise our physical body exercising the brain is very important taking on new challenges learning new languages uh, keep 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 the brain active um and that's because that will a help new neurons new brain cells uh be uh created and also uh when we do new things we carve out new connections because it, for instance in the hippocampus which is um, highly associated with memory um, every week the connections are replaced so either if you do nothing the old connections are replaced in exactly the same way um, but if you do new things the, the in the hippocampus it, it rewires to take on that new knowledge that new experience those new behaviors so you know the brain is absolutely this fundamental architecture is to change um, and think of the metabolic resources needed to uh, replace all those connections. Why would evolution do it if, if it didn't serve a purpose? Mm. And the purpose is because it's important that we adapt to our changing environment. There, there are two areas of your work that I'd really like to focus in on, but maybe we would just um, to kick off with just talk about neuroscience in business. So... Can we just delve into that a little bit, Tom, and, and perhaps explain why it's important to understand this in a leadership concept um, and, and in business? Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's a fundamental thing. Human beings need to know why. Why, you know, if you've gone a leadership course, traditionally you'd be told you should do this, you shouldn't do this without really understanding why. why. Why should we coach people rather than tell them what to do? Um, and if you, what, what the, the neuroscience explains exactly why. Um, and if people understand why certain behaviors work better than other behaviors, then they're much more likely to engage with those behaviors. Yeah, so we, we, we help people understand from a brain perspective why, you know, coaching, for instance, if I could use that as an example, makes so much sense, uh, whereas telling doesn't. And the, the, the neuroscience behind that is because uh, we have 
86 billion neurons, and each neuron can be potentially wired to 15,000 other neurons. So the network in your brain is, is incredibly complex and there's no way my brain is gonna be anything like your brain, Rebecca. So if I tell you what to do, I'm operating from my brain's model of what's going on, and it could be totally different and not impact on your view of the world. So telling does, doesn't, and you've, you've probably noticed that when people give you advice, um, it doesn't always hit the mark. Um, and that's why coaching, where we ask questions, get people to bring the answer out from within themselves works because they're working with their own model of, of the world. And even though there's a little bit more investment up front in coaching rather than telling, um, once people get it, the, the, they'll be able to do whatever you coach them uh, to do. Uh, for the, the recall will be much, much stronger than telling people. Just explain to a little bit about your work with leaders and how do you work with leaders in terms of making this, bringing this into their reality and helping them to lead teams? Yes, well, um, I mean, one, one of the, we, we work with a lot of leadership teams and, and, you know, sometimes they get on well together, but often there's, there's conflict in, in some way or other, even if it's slightly under the surface. Um, and often that's because of, you know, people worried someone else is going to, you know, petty, petty human jealousies, are you stepping on my toes and, Etc. Uh, Etc. Et and getting people to really understand what's going on, um, and 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 looking at we we talk about threat and reward. So um, on the savanna plains where we evolved, threats were physical, predators, rewards was physical, food, water, and so on. These days we talk about social threats. We have social threats at work. Um, how am I higher? higher than you in the pecking order um, uh, uh, and so on. And they are represented in the brain, social threats in exactly the same way as physical threats. So a lot of our work with leadership is looking at what's going on in the brain. What are, they, what are the social threats that are happening? And if we've got two department heads arguing, possibly there could be an, an common thing is siloed working. Uh, and, and again, people feel secure in that. This is my department, I have control over it. And less secure in the sort of upper leadership team where they're with their peers and there could be all sorts of pressures. And you, you ran an experiment recently about unconscious bias. Now, can we just set the scene about what uncon unconscious bias actually is? Because think that would be good to put it in a bit of a bit of context yeah absolutely Un unconscious bias if well if you think about let, let's sort of roll the um the the uh, clock back and if, if you think about we have to make sense of an incredibly complex world with so much information we have to sort it and categorize it to get through a day's life, it's been estimated that we make about thirty to 50,000 decisions a day. That seems Most incredible, Tom. I, I know. It that's, seems that's, unbelievable. Yeah. This is our, from 
yeah, cleaning teeth, deciding to yeah, exercise yeah, or yeah, not. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, most of the time the brain does this perfectly. But, you know, sometimes it, it, it does it automatically because we, we have an automatic and non-conscious part of our brain and a conscious part of our brain. The conscious part's called the prefrontal cortex. And that's only 4% of our brain. And the, what we do non-consciously, um, if you think in terms, neuroscientists have said, if, well, if the conscious part of our brain is a square meter, the non-conscious part is the Milky Way. And mm. so all this is, stuff is happening. We're, we're balancing, we're walking, we're talking, we're listening, we're making sense of sights and sounds totally automatically. And so, well, the way I like to look at it, if 99.9% if .9 of the time, our brain does that perfectly well, automatically, even if there's 0.1 failures in decision-making from our automatic brain, that's 30 to 50 bad decisions a day. Yeah, so... Yes, you know, okay, I don't like to think of it that yeah, way, but it's uh, thought-provoking. Yeah, I mean... Um, so and and yeah so an unconscious belief stems from the brain's need to simplify the world by categorizing and that can obviously lead to social stereotyping amongst other side effects so when you say social stereotyping do you mean we meet for the first time and we're making judgments based on yeah okay I, I make a I make a snap judgment, or if I've if I've had an experience with a class of people, you know whether whether it's um, um, racial by gender or, or or anything else, religion, I, I'll have a backstory about that, and so I won't be dealing with the individual in front of me. I'll be dealing with the whole backstory. What okay. I've read in the papers, what society says, what my culture says. We all have concepts. The brain creates concepts. Uh, 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 and, uh, and so if we make a decision based on a concept, it could be the wrong decision vis-a-vis -vis the person in front of me. For instance, if, I'm, if I want a new financial director, I have an image of what a financial director looks like. And, you know, that image could be a mature white male um, and and I could be prejudiced unconsciously to hire someone in that image rather than actually the person who's best fitted for the job and that is because the brain if you know there's a saying if you have a brain you have bias yes okay so this is very um, fascinating and very applicable to leaders particularly as you say in that recruitment process so what tips and advice would you give to uh, people in who are making those decisions and understanding that they might have an unconscious bias and actually doing something about it, trying to remove it? What practical tips would you give? Well, um, saying recruitment would strongly revive, um, would strongly advise using a some sort of assessment, an objective assessment. So it's rather than my gut feel for someone, it will marry out the desired characteristics for the role 
with the characteristics and traits of that person. And that would give us uh, an objective yardstick. The other thing on the interviewing panel, have a diverse team of interviewers. Can we actually, thank you for those ideas, Tom. Can we actually be so conscious of our um, unconscious bias that we can, uh, I want to say remove it, that's probably the wrong word, that we can actually let it, park it to one side or is it something that's with us and we can't it, do much about it? Well, it, it's with us. It's with us. If you have a brain, you have bias. Mm. But what we need to do is understand where that bias can crop up. So in so take that hiring situation. Yeah, we need to know, yes, there's a, we, we, we could be biased here. What are we going to do to mitigate that bias? So it's about the awareness and what are we going to do to mitigate it? If we're looking at high potentials, if we've got, if we want to sort of uh, create a, a you know, team, team of high, high who, who are my high potentials? Again, exactly the same. We will have a, an image of what they look like. And interestingly, um, there's a study with um, uh, public school children in Britain who are educated and uh, come out of education much more confident and they are much more likely to get jobs because hiring managers mistake their confidence for competence yeah so there's mm. um so very interesting things and again language there's a language bias people with certain accents uh, we can be biased against specific ac accents, and we um, so so it's incredible the, the number of biases there are, and and, and how it impacts how we uh, choose people for leading projects or whatever at work. I mean, this is so important in a role as a leader and leading a business, growing a business, recruitment, making decisions. How would you suggest that maybe we have a leader running a small team, he's got his own business, his, his or her own business. How would you encourage somebody to kind of appreciate those unconscious biases that they have? Okay, well, um, let, let, let's take a, a specific example, uh, getting a good decision in a meeting so you're in a meeting and generally in a meeting uh if i'm the leader i'll say look guys this is what i think what do you reckon guess what everyone's opinion will be a, a, a variation go, go, with, go with the leader's yeah, yeah, suggestion that, that, yeah 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 and those who disagree will they speak up Depends on the culture, but probably yeah. not. <laughs> they'll, they'll either be silent or they might be aggressively opposed. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so tip number one is if you are a team leader or a person in position, give your opinion last. Yes. Another thing is make sure everybody is included. So even if we have a diverse team, we need to make sure that diversity is used. So make sure uh, quiet people are heard. And we do a lot of work internationally and there's certain cultures who uh, don't speak up. Make sure that everybody has a turn, has an input. 
Um, if they don't, they will get disengaged, even if it's not shown overtly. Uh, and, and, and we all know what the disengagement statistics are. Yeah, they're staggering, Tom, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. A number of leaders have talked about that on the podcast. And I think that's those are very, very practical and easy to implement um, tips, you know, give your opinion last. I think that's that's a great idea. There's a kind of a rising interest, I feel, in neurodiversity at work. It'd be great to get your thoughts on that. I Well... To be honest, I'm not an expert in that. I, I, I know a little bit about it, but I'm actually going on a neurodiversity. I'm being a delegate myself, so um, I, I don't feel qualified to, to really answer that question. Well, fair enough. And maybe when you've been on the, um, yeah, on the programme, yeah. we could that, invite you back and yeah. share what that means, because I think that's yeah. also a very interesting it, it, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's like an extension of what I said. Everybody's brain is different. Yes. And, and with neurodiversity, it, it's taking it to a, a bit more extreme. Yes, and I think it's something I'd like to explore. Exactly, what does that yeah. mean? What does that mean in the world of leadership and 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 yeah. and, and, and business growth? We yeah. have we're we're coming to a close of the of, of this episode, Tom. And thank you so much for sharing your ideas and all your experience and knowledge with us. Do you feel now equally intelligent to your brother? I absolutely do. Absolutely. And, 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 and probably more, more important than that, um, in, in intelligence is, is such a very um, crude marker. And, yeah. and re really, it's, it's, more, it's more about what you do with your life and your um, desire to keep learning. Am I carrying on learning? Am I developing? And, and, and that's the, you know, that's the thing I'd leave people with, that whatever you do, um, make sure you keep learning, developing, growing, because that's what the brain craves and that's what it's been designed for. I think that's such a, um, a, a really wonderful note to end on. Um, we need to keep learning and facing into challenges, however uh, challenging they may feel at the time. They are actually good for us and we they, come out of it better off. Yeah, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom, where can people find out more about what you do? And uh, maybe you'd like to just share some of that or any particular yeah, projects you're working on at the moment. Absolutely. Well, we are running a series of webinars uh, in the new year. And the first one will be about... Uh, the neuroscience of selling. Ah, excellent. Um, well, that's me, uh, of interest uh, to me. Yeah, let me just, we thought we'd kick off the new year with something that is probably going to be uh, forefront of people's minds. It is uh, 11 o'clock Greenwich Mean Time on Thursday, the 20th of January. And we'll be looking at what the brain has to say about selling and buying. We'll be looking at some of the science and we'll be busting some of the myths. 
Of which there are stacks. <laughs> of which there are many. And, and yes. most selling advice comes from really outdated methodologies that have now been disproved by science. I completely agree with you on that yeah. front, Tom. And I have a sales background myself. And so I will find this a very interesting uh, webinar myself. So I should look forward yes, to joining you on that. Please do. Great. It's been a delight to have you, Tom. Thank you so much for, for sharing your knowledge and experience with us. And I wish you every success and continued learning as we step into 2022. Thank you very much indeed, Rebecca. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. And uh, very happy, prosperous and expansive 2022. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And as always, if you enjoyed it, we welcome a review. And if you have any questions and like to get in touch with us, you can do that at the rgen.co.uk website.